The Giant's Gamble Chapter 29 Doom of the Desert Rune, Killian, and the rest of them waited outside the doors of the throne room while the king spoke with his daughter Sarissa privately. It's a bit rude after saving his life, Thea muttered for the sixth time. It had all been quite abrupt. They'd arrived on the doorstep of the palace and been ushered forward, only to have a door closed in their faces. They were offered their same rooms but didn't want to miss anything. Instead, they chose to sit in the empty auditorium. They'd been waiting for over an hour. Rune and Evelyn were tossing a ball back and forth between them. The materials comprising the ball were indistinguishable, and Rune didn't dare ask too many questions when Evelyn produced it from her overfull bag, made somewhat lighter in the absence of giant internal organs. Flint, between all their complaining, muttered a complex spell that required quite a bit of composing. When anyone asked him what he was summoning, he shushed them. Soon, a large circle with mixed runes was painted on the stone floor. The guards at the door watched, but made no move to interfere. It seemed their recovery of the giant king had put them in good graces with the storm giants. Finally, just as Flint's spell was reaching its end, the large doors to the throne room flew open. All right, Sarissa said, looking down at them with curious, bright eyes. You can all come in. Ha! Flint clapped suddenly, and there was a bright orange flash as something shot out of the painted circle on the floor. Like some cacophonous song, a pair of large brown wings exploded and a griffin soared to the ceiling, circled once, then landed before the bard. It waddled up to the dwarf and he scratched it approvingly. Very nice, Flint said. Very, very nice. One for the songs. It pecked its eagle beak in search of food, its lion's tail swishing behind it. Been busy, have you? Hecaton's voice boomed from inside the chamber. "'Can you do this later?' Killian asked Flint, bowing his head politely to Sarissa and walking through. The rest followed, lastly by Flint, who somehow convinced his newly conjured griffin to stay outside and behave. Hecaton was not sitting on the throne, but on another chair. He stood when they entered. "'Thank you for your patience, only we had many matters to discuss.' I told him about my sisters, Sarissa assured them, noticing their sidelong glances. We also discussed my lost memory, Hecaton said. The last thing I can recall is my group of captors approaching me under the name of the Lord's Alliance. Then I awoke beneath the sea surrounded by all of you. It is strange, Killian said. I don't know many little folk with abilities that strong, Sarissa said, sounding troubled. It was Imrith, Rune said. It had to be. Hecaton nodded. That brings us to our other point and the reason you're still here. Rune had been expecting this, but he waited to hear the words all the same. Amrith can't be left alive, Sarissa continued. Would you help us kill a blue dragon? An ancient blue dragon, Rune thought with a flip of the stomach. They hadn't even scratched the surface of her powers. Definitely, Evelyn said with relish. All right, Flint shrugged. I guess we could, Opal said. Let's do it, Rune said hesitantly. Of course, Killian added. They all looked round at Thea, who hadn't answered. She took a deep breath, then shook back her hair and said, Let's kill this bitch. 
That's offensive language, Rune objected. Thea rolled her eyes. He's not wrong, Evelyn agreed. Very rude to women, Rune had to say. So, that's a yes? Sarissa clarified. Yes. Yes. yes, they all said at once. We will, of course, accompany you, Hecaton said, with some of our own warriors. Oh, and we have these. He motioned to Sarissa, who produced a small, human-sized bag and set it in front of them. There's a potion here for each of you. When you drink it, it will grow you to the size of a giant, temporarily. Whoa, Flint grinned, opening the bag and producing a phial of sapphire-blue liquid. He handed them out, and Rune tucked his into his shirt pocket. How long is temporary? One day. Everything you're holding or wearing will also be enlarged. They all muttered their admiration. Do we know where Imrith is? Thea asked. Ah, I could help with that, Rune offered. I could scry on her. Well, we do know blue dragons like the desert, Sarissa said, and our informants believe she has fled to the doom of the desert. That sounds bright and cheery, Flint grimaced. We will send you back to your airship then, Sarissa told them. Inside that bag is also a map. We will meet you at the marked point in the desert in one week's time. That should give us the time we need to gather fighters. They all agreed, and the princess led them away. The airship passed through the dry, sandy air with the aid of Killian's wind control. The heat was nearly unbearable, and the group was forced to change their attire. Every evening, Rune would scry on the dragon Imrith, but his visions only showed the blue lizard curled underground, surrounded by treasure. In all these visions, she slept. He could see no sign of the stolen scepter, but around her were large claw marks where she dug the cavern wider to fit more of her treasures. Killian asked Martine if their master, the Red Dragon Klaus, would be interested in joining their fight, but the captain shook his head. Klaus is interested in the results of this battle, but he has many other matters that concern him. They planned as best they could for the upcoming attack. Blue dragons, as they knew, were immune to lightning, so they expected Killian would have a difficult time fighting her with his storm abilities. They knew Imrith was ancient, which meant she was very powerful, but also very large. Small spaces and darting movements would be their friends in this instance. They also expected she would be guarded by more than herself, so they needed to approach her cavern cautiously. Thea planned to use her fey owl to scout. All this planning, of course, was dependent on what they saw once they got there, and how many giants Hecaton and Sarissa had managed to gather. Finally, one of Martine's men pointed out the distant runes in the sand. Over the next few hours, the runes came into better view, and they saw crumbled, buried stone buildings and the remnants of a very large amphitheater. The stone had been smoothed by ages of wind and sand, but they could still make out the many stone benches surrounding it. They stopped the airship a few hundred feet away from the amphitheater, and saw a massive gaping hole in the center of it leading into darkness. "'I'll bet she's down there,' Rune said. "'Look, the giants!' Opal cried. Sure enough, Several large giants appeared from some semi-standing stone structures and gazed up at the airship. Wait, is that... Thea squinted into the reflective sand. Harshnag? Rune said. But how? The frost giant stood slightly shorter than the storm giants, but grinned and waved up at them. They had Martine lower the ship and hurried down rope ladders to meet the giants. 
There were six of them in total, including Harshneg, Hecaton, Sarissa, and three others they didn't recognize. Harshneg, how did you escape? Killian asked in surprise as they ran up to the looming figures. I managed to get out of Imra's grasp as the temple collapsed and jumped back into the room with the oracle. Then, strangely, I was picked up by a wizard from... Oh, where was it again? Gold Moon? Silvery Moon? Rune asked. That's the one, the frost giant smiled. Rune noticed he was sweating profusely. Despite being a creature made for a much different climate, however, he seemed otherwise healthy. Welcome, little ones, Hecaton said, turning to the other giants around him. I see you've met Harshnag before. This is Vasha. A storm giantess dipped her head. Orlecto, a male. Shaldor, another male. And Manir, a giantess. We have scouted one major entrance into the amphitheater. There has been smoke from a campfire on the other side of it, but we have not seen any creatures moving around it. We can expect there will be some manner of defenses around Imbrith, Theo said. Our plan is to send a few scouts on wings to look at the place before we try getting in. A wise plan, the king acknowledged. I'll need to get a bit closer to send my owl into that hole, Thea told her friends. We've got your back, Flint gave her a gruff nod. We will stand behind then, Harshnag said. Keep low, Killian advised, and quiet as you can. The group made the trek toward the amphitheater, Thea in the lead. When they reached the outer walls... She nodded to them and crept forward. They watched cautiously as the elf tiptoed through the hot sand and moved into the amphitheater. Then, the sound of many grating stones echoed from inside the amphitheater. That can't be good, Killian whispered nervously. Shit! Thea shouted. They all gave up their hopes of stealth and ran in after the elf. A boulder crashed next to the doorway and shattered, and Rune ducked just in time. He looked up as they all ran in and saw, at the top of the ramparts surrounding the entire theater, were large stone gargoyles which were moving to load boulders into trebuchets. "'What did you do?' Rune demanded of the elf. "'I just walked in,' she shouted back. "'Shit!' She reached into a pocket and drank the blue potion, and suddenly her form shot up twenty-five feet in height. Opal drank her potion at the same time, and the two of them ran for the walls, the other giants close on their heels." Well, Amrith certainly knows we're here now, Rune thought, looking around. Fifty feet from the large hole in the center of the arena was a smaller doorway made for people of humanoid size. Rune turned invisible and ran towards it, and noticed sets of humanoid tracks as he ran. There was another explosion of rock behind him, but he was sprinting now. Gargoyles shrieked. Those who were not loading trebuchets took flight on stone wings and dove at them, biting and scratching and tearing at giants and people alike. The giants heaved boulders at the trebuchets, trying to break them. Opal, in her giantess form, called down a storm cloud overhead and hit the gargoyles with bolts of searing lightning. Killian made a few of them explode before running after the invisible rune toward the doorway, where he saw sand flying up. The tunnel behind the door was dark, and rune shouted down it, Hey, Imrith, you great big snake! Get up here and fight for yourself! Killian took cover in the doorway next to him, breathing hard. Rune turned visible and touched the sorcerer's arm, placing a death ward over him. They heard more crashes. Come on, there's nothing here, Killian muttered, taking another stealing breath, then running back out. Rune followed and saw Hecaton, by far the tallest of all the giants, surrounded by flying gargoyles. He struck them with bolts of lightning from his hands, and some exploded only to be replaced by more. 
Flint levitated the shattered pieces of gargoyle around him and sent them careening at the living ones, singing a battle cry as he did so. Harshnag ran to the Storm King's side and swung his axe at the gargoyles, breaking a few. More lightning, boulders, crossbow bolts, and chaotic orbs of magic flew around the arena. Rune saw Evelyn overtaken by gargoyles and summoned his duplicate. He handed the semi-physical illusion a healing potion and sent it running after Evelyn. Then he took out his bow and shot at more stone creatures, who seemed barely affected by it. The giant smashed the last few gargoyles, until only one remained to lamely flap back to the trebuchet and load it. Before they could crush it, there was another noise. Beneath their feet was a low rumbling, and Rune nearly lost his balance as the great blue head of a dragon exploded out of the ground. Sand and rock flew everywhere, and Imrith roared, Eww! She opened her maw, and lightning flew at the group of giants. Harshnag fell back, but the storm giants seemed to absorb the lightning as they turned on the blue dragon. She emerged from the ground, her entire body buzzing with electric energy, and threw out her wings. With her thick leg muscles, she sprang up and took to the air. The giants tore stone benches from the amphitheater and hurled them at the dragon, and Killian shouted, Stay down! Suddenly, a great gust of wind slammed into Amrith from above and threw the dragon back to the ground. She tried with difficulty to stand against the downdraft. Flint called to his griffin, which dipped down from the skies. The dwarf mounted and flew up, avoiding Killian's winds. Evelyn took the potion from Rune's duplicate and drank, then threw aside the phial and cut her arms until she was streaked with red and her blades gleamed with acid. Thea formed a sickly green sphere of acid around the dragon's head, and Flint shot at her from above, hitting her with a spell that made her roar and shake her head in confusion. Opal created a storm of ice up from the ground to swirl around Imrith, mixing with the sphere of acid. The giants threw more stones at her, and Rune tried to change her form into something small and harmless, but despite all the attacks, she resisted his will to overcome her. She tried to fly up again, and her long serpentine neck rose above the swirling dark energies and roared again horribly. The noise shook Rune to the core like icicles in his veins. Then Hecaton grabbed a fistful of sand and threw it into the dragon's eyes. As he did this, she batted her wings, forcing the sand around her to swirl up. They all took a few steps back and Killian's winds faltered. At that moment, Imrith dove toward the hole in the center of the amphitheater and disappeared into it. The last remaining gargoyle shrieked and one of the storm giants grabbed it and crushed it in her hands, throwing the pieces aside in anger. Coward! Flint shouted down the hole, his griffin landing. The acid sphere and ice storm dissipated, and they all moved toward the hole, looking exhausted. Now what? Rune croaked, taking a much-needed swig of water. They all stared down the dark hole with trepidation. Listening to The Giant's Gamble by Alexis Vienendahl and based on the Storm King's Thunder D&D campaign. For more stories written by me, you can visit my blog at alexisvienendahl.com or click the link provided in the show notes. Thanks for listening.